Welcome to Guarded, a podcast to help you stay alert during these times. I'm your host, T.A. Bryant, and we are continuing our study on the book of Revelations or the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, I know for some of you, this may be new, but it is necessary as Jesus has instructed me to prepare his church for his return as he is coming soon. So it is my instruction from the Lord to prepare for the coming of Jesus or to get his people prepared for the moment where we will meet him, where he will be revealed to us for the first time. And just uh, briefly, uh, I know over the last uh, eight years, maybe nine, uh, I've encountered Jesus in dreams as he tells me what he expects me to do and what is coming that may hinder uh, the progression of the church being prepared. But although there is a hindrance, he has servants in every region who are preparing his people for his return. So Revelations is uh, a preparation for the believer or the servants so that they will know what's to come, how they should prepare, and what is necessary. Now, it's not, you know, every detail because there is logos and there is rhema. So there are some things that we will be revealed in rhema. But the written word is the foundational word given for us to follow. So today we are in chapter 9. And I think I'm going to do chapter 10 as well. So this is where Revelation starts to get really interesting. From this point forward, the book of Revelation takes on somewhat of a different look and feels and feel about it. So in this chapter, we have the locust and 200 million horsemen. And then as we move forward, we will see in chapter 11, we have the two witnesses. And then in chapter 12, we have the woman and child and great red dragon. And along with the war in heaven, And then in chapter 13, we have the two beasts and the mark of the beast. And each has basically the same thing in view, which is the ongoing spiritual warfare between the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. So with this chapter, we see the end of the world events begin to unfold. The fifth and sixth trumpets gives us a general picture of how things will end in the world. More specifically, 
It's the gathering of the nations by Satan and the worldwide assault against the church. And this is also described in Revelation 17, 11 through 14 and Revelations 20, 7 through 9. The sixth trumpet of this chapter continues in chapter 11. And that with these two trumpets were given a general idea of how these events will develop and come to pass. But, but let's be clear. I don't have all the answers. And if you can remember, if you've been studying along with us since uh, chapter 1 of the revelation of Jesus Christ, you know that he did not say that we are to understand everything, but we are to read it, okay, and to keep it in our hearts. Then we are blessed because we don't have all the answers, but we are supposed to have the knowledge, okay, of what is going to happen. Not reading to um, to have a clear uh, direction. Because remember, we know in part. Okay? Remember, we know in part. We don't know everything. But when the one who is perfect comes, we will have the complete matter in front of us okay so everything is a portion or is a part and like i tell people about you know prophecy or prophets a prophets don't prophets do not have the whole matter god only gives them a portion of the matter if they knew all the details of the matter they would possibly become so high-minded that they may think they don't need God, okay? So he only gives us portions, and I'm, I'm fine with that, okay? So we only speak what he tells us to speak, which is only a portion, okay? Um, so there may be some type of complications, uh, but even in the complications, uh, there is revelation, or a revealing, especially if you have the Holy Spirit and you're allowing him to lead you. There is a, uh, uh, a reco recollection or a, uh, a knowing that you probably can't describe, but you may know and see things that you can't describe as you are reading and following along on this journey. Okay, so how the nations are gathered together as one against the people of Christ, okay, and how they unify politically, how the world religions unify is all very difficult to envision. So it's more important that we get the general picture correct than it is that we get the final details correct. As I said, we know in part right? There is no completion. Nothing is complete as it relates to God. Nothing is complete. Okay. The author wrote the story. Okay. 
but the story is not finished yet, okay? He is the author and the finisher of our faith. Right now, we are walking by faith, and there has not been a completion of our lives or of the matter, okay? So, it's more important that we, you know, get the general picture, okay? So, we can afford to be a little off, you know, if something's not right. Okay, but we know that this was written for us so that we know that everything that we've done to work for Christ, all the work we've done, everything we've done, we know that, hey, he sent us word that he's coming to reveal himself to us. He's coming so that we can meet him again. He's coming to take back what belongs to him. So um, there are several keys that allow us to interpret uh, chapter um, chapter 9. So let's go back to chapter 8, uh, verse 13. Remember, it indicated that the essence of uh, these remaining trumpets are different than the others. They're in a different category. So also use of the term woe and the repeating of it three times. So woe, woe, woe indicate that these remaining trumpets are of a more serious nature. So there's a turn of events where... Uh, Things start to get very, I mean, it's all serious, but things start to change and things start to get even more serious, okay? Even more um, closer to completion, okay? Closer to the finale, closer to the author finishing the story, closer to our faith being revealed okay so um all three of these woes uh occur you know in the latter years however in regard to the fifth trumpet since it's foundationally spiritual in nature we can see it developing throughout the church age okay uh the church age Remember in chapters two to two and three, it tells the names of the church and we are in the last church, which is the Laodicea church. Okay. So what we see in this chapter is the culmination of the fifth trumpet. That is the final result of or the final end of this trumpet okay so the abyss that's mentioned here in revelation 9 and 10 and also in revelation 11 and 7 is always related to demons or satan in the new testament remember in luke 8 27 through 31 uh revelation 17 and 8 revelations 21 through 3 and Revelation 11 and 7. Except in one place. 
Romans 10 and 7. So specifically in the text before us, it refers to the releasing of Satan to unite the world and to gather the nations against the church. Okay. So Revelations 21 through 3 and 7 through 9. So in verse 2, light and dark darkness is contrasted. So they're totally opposite. And it's always been that way. Light represents goodness or God or Jesus. Darkness represents Satan, demons, all of that. So if we go down, the locusts and horses can't be actual locusts and horses because of description of them. And you remember um, in the depiction that the book of Revelations is full of symbolisms mainly because the things that we see are heavenly in nature, okay? They are not uh, earthly. This is a spiritual thing. It's not a natural thing. It is all spiritual, which means if it is all spiritual, you have to be connected to the spirit in order to have some form of understanding of what's going on, okay? So that's why I say when you read the Bible, you have to read it by the spirit, not by your flesh, because your flesh is all natural. It's all earthly. So it does not understand spiritual things. So you have to be spiritual. You have to have, I'm not talking about a spiritist. You have to be uh, functioning by the Holy Spirit. There's a difference. Okay. Because you have some people that say, I'm spiritual. No, that's different. Okay? Just because somebody's spiritual, they, they may not even believe in Jesus. Okay? We talk, we're talking about somebody who has accepted Jesus Christ and has have been filled with the Spirit. Okay? And the Spirit, as Jesus said in the book of John, that he had to go speedily because if he did not go... The one who's supposed to come will not come. The comforter will not come. The guide will not come. The teacher will not come. The, 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 the advocate will not come. The one who's supposed to lead us into all truth will not come. And he's talking about the Holy Spirit. The one who connects us to him, who connects us to him would not come. Okay, the one who reveals all things, the counselor, the mighty one, the one who gives us power, who reveals unknown things and makes them known. This is the Holy Spirit. Okay, so there is a difference. Right. So if you don't know, read the book of John uh, 14 and you will get a glimpse of the Holy Spirit. Not only that. In the beginning of Acts, read the beginning of Acts, chapter 1 and chapter 2. And it will give you specifics of the purpose of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so let's go on. So the locusts and horses can't be actual locusts and horses because of the description of them. Also, real locusts have no king. Proverbs 30, 27. But these have a king. So therefore, these have to be symbolic. As we said before, 
And in chapter one of Revelation, it talks about uh, symbolism. Okay. Um, John describes that this is uh, symbolism. Okay. So only unbelievers are targeted and afflicted. Thus, we're dealing with the spiritual unity of darkness among the unbelievers of the world in the latter years. This leads to what we see in Revelation 11, 1 through 14, which is a worldwide assault against the church just before the return of Christ in judgment. Now, let me go back because I created uh, diagrams uh, for, you know, a lesson that I'm supposed to be teaching. And I want to... outline how this thing is supposed to go okay so number one we have the rapture or the uh, caught up okay so the trumpet sounds resurrection of the dead then living in Christ meets Christ in the clouds okay so number two the judgment seat of Christ takes place in heaven Believers are judged and rewarded, which is called the Bema Seat Judgment. Then number three is the tribulation. This is seven years of distress on earth. 3.5 years Antichrist rises to power. And for 3.5 years conditions worsen. Anger of God rises against wicked signs of Christ's coming. Okay, number four is the millennium or the second coming. This is where Christ reigns 1,000 years on the earth. Now, remember in the rapture or the caught up, Jesus does not come to the earth. We meet him in the air. Okay, he does not touch the earth. Okay, we meet him in the air and we go up to heaven. Now, uh, in the fourth uh, part of the timeline of the end times in the millennium or the second coming. This is where Christ comes to the earth and he reigns 1000 years on the earth. Okay. So this is where we are and this is where we're seeing uh, what we're seeing right now in chapter nine. And then the last thing is the great white throne judgment, the great white throne judgment, uh, on the timeline is five, which is where the unbelievers are judged by God and thrown into the lake of fire. Okay. So we are right there. Okay. In that, uh, time frame, And I really hope that you know, people are taking the time to read revelations and not scooting by thinking because I was on uh, TikTok and I heard somebody say, hey, they've been talking about Jesus coming since I was a kid. And they scream, where is he? Is he coming? You know, I don't think he's coming and I don't think he's real. So they've been mocking um, uh, Jesus because People don't believe that this is real. 
you know, people been talking about it so so long, but I believe that is real. Okay, so let's go go on. So the mentioning the lion in the descriptions of both trumpets is a compelling clue that we're dealing with satanic demonic activity. For Peter describes Satan as a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may destroy. Remember in 1 Peter 5 and 8. Okay. Uh, and we know that scripture must interpret scripture. So a lot of times what you see in one place you'll find in another place in 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 scripture okay because it all connects somewhere it all connects somewhere so uh in verse 14 there's an identification of the euphrates river so it's clear that what we're dealing with is in this chapter in both trumpets is demonic activity which has the latter years of the world in view specifically it reveals the preparation or the fifth trumpet and conquest of the world of the sixth trumpet before the return of Christ in judgment, which all begins with the releasing of Satan in Revelations 27 through 10. So the sixth trumpet is an extension of the fifth trumpet. In the fifth trumpet, we see the spiritual darkness and torment of mankind because of demonic influence and the way uh, world events develop. In the fifth trumpet, we see the beginning of the gathering of nations. However, to be clear, we see the effects of the fifth trumpet throughout the church age. Okay? Do you know what the church age is? As I described before, Laodicea is the last church of the church age. We are in Laodicea, okay? So because foundationally this is a spiritual matter, the final stage of this trumpet is, is what's primarily in view in this chapter, okay? So in the sixth trumpet, we see the gathering of nations completed. Involved in this gathering of nations is the military conquest of the world once that has been accomplished then they will move against the church worldwide this gathering of nations against god's people is what is known as the war of armageddon so that's revelation 16 12 through 16 revelation 19 11 through 21 revelations 21 through 3 and 7 and 9 so let's do an overview Okay, so one, Christians will become more and more hated and persecuted around the world. Nations of the world will become more and more united in their hatred towards Christians because the world ends with the nations against the church. So let's be clear. Nothing like this could ever happen overnight. This has to be a gradual progression. Uh, but will accelerate and intensify as we get closer to the return of Christ. So 
So it seems reasonable, reasonable that much of this progression will have to occur before the man of sin rises to prominence and power. And remember, he rises during the tribulation for 3.5 years or the Antichrist. Okay. So at some point toward the end, the man of sin or the man of lawlessness will rise and gain world power, being fully possessed by Satan. Okay. And at the right time, he moves the world against the church and proclaim his, himself as God. But how all this will take place uh, is kind of hard to determine. So the man of sin will perform all, all power and signs and lying wonders, which will deceive the nations and bring them under his authority. So while the man of sin is rising to prominence, people will still be able to reject the false and accept the truth of Christ. During that time, the individuals and nations that don't want to submit to either Christ or to this world alliance will be destroyed. That's Revelation 9, 14 through 19. And it's alluded to in Revelation 17, 16 through 18. Okay, so... Common senses will tell us that in the process of gathering the nations together under this man of sin, that not every person or every nation is going to submit. So in their rebellion, they will be destroyed. So possibly this is what we see in the sixth trumpet, Revelation 9 and 13 through 21. Uh, and how long this process will take. Uh, we don't know. It could take several years after Satan has been released from the abyss. But at some point in this process, the man of sin will proclaim himself as God, providing evidence through signs and lying wonders. 2 Thessalonians 2, 9 through 10, deceiving the whole world. Revelation 17, 11 through 18, except for followers of Christ. So again, being indwelt by Satan, the man of sin will deceive the world into believing that he is God in the flesh, demanding worship of all people. This sounds so familiar. This sounds like uh, Nebuchadnezzar with uh, the three Hebrew boys. Okay. That means that the religions of the world will be destroyed, rejected and outlawed and replaced with the world united in their worship of this man whom they will believe to be God in human form. Uh, let's see. So let's go down. Because I want to read Revelations chapter 9, just in case we uh, miss something on that. Let's go and read it. Revelations 9, 
So then the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star falling from heaven to the earth to him who was given the key to the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and smoke arose out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace. So the sun and the air were darkened because of the smoke of the pit. Then out of the smoke locusts came upon the earth, and to them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. They were commanded not to harm the grass of the earth, or any green thing, or any tree, but only those men who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. And they were not given authority to kill them, but to torment them for five months. Their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it strikes a man. In those days, men will seek death and will not find it. They will desire to die and death will flee from them. The shape of the locusts was like horses prepared for battle. On their heads were crowns of something like gold and their face were like the faces of men. They had hair like woman's hair and their teeth were like lion's teeth. And they had breastplates like breastplates of iron and the sound of their wings was like the sound of chariots with many horses running into battle. They had tails like scorpions and there were stings in their tails. Their power was to hurt men five months and they had had as king over them the angel of the bottomless pit whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon but in Greek, he has the name Apollyon. One woe is past. Behold, still two more woes are coming after thing, these things. Then the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, Release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. So the four angels who had been prepared for the hour and day and month and year were released to kill a third of mankind. Now the number of the army of the horsemen was 200 million. I heard the number of them. And thus I saw the horses in the vision. Those who sat on them had breastplates of fiery red Hyacinth blue and sulfur yellow, and the heads of the horses were like the heads of lions, and out of their mouths came fire, smoke, and brimstone. By these three plagues, a third of mankind was killed by the fire and the smoke and the brimstone which came out of their mouths. For their power is in their mouth and in their tails, for their tails are like serpents having heads, and with them they do harm. But the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands, that they should not worship demons and idols of gold, silver, brass, stone, and wood, which can neither see nor hear nor walk. And they did not repent of their murders or their sorceries or their sexual immorality or their thefts. Hmm. Wow. Wow. So, in view of reading that, 
very clear that we got some work to do. We have work to do. Hmm. I, I'm very careful in this season because so many people are going after things in the world and you have so many people uh, so induced in in finding purpose but they're finding purpose for the sake of building up themselves and I think it's a thin line there because you can get so engulfed in you that you can forget God so when we're looking for purpose make sure we understand our first purpose and if we go back to uh, Revelations um, let's read this where is it where is it Revelations hold on because I want you to see this this is so important because we can get off track because we can see everybody else. Ooh, I want my purpose. I want to find, you know, what God has for me. Okay. But in Revelations chapter four, verse 11, it says, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things. And by your will, they were created and have their being. Okay? He created what he pleased. We exist because of him. We exist because he had a purpose for us. You may be wondering, what is my purpose? And you may not have found it because you're so consumed in doing things that may not be a part of your purpose. Okay? How do you find your purpose? How do you become successful? How do you become prosperous? Joshua 1 and 8. Hmm. Let's read it. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then, listen, for then you will make your way prosperous 
and then you will have good success. Listen to me. You can get with life coaches. You can get with people who, you know, are hyping the idea of purpose. But if you have not begun to meditate on the word day and night and do what the word says, hmm, you will not be successful. You can't be apart from it. You can't find purpose apart from God. You can't find purpose apart from his word. You cannot find purpose. You cannot find success. Good success. Now, there are some successful people, but is it good? Is it God's success? Is it good success? You can't find it apart from God. Until then, and what I have discovered, if you get into the Word, meditate day and night, do what it says, God will begin to speak to you about what it is he has written for you to do. He will begin to give you instructions and open up dimensions of your purpose step by step as you stay in tune with him. As you stay in tune with him. It happens so many times in the Bible. It happens so many times to persons who have been following God, meditating, doing his word, following what he says. They've obtained good success because they understood that apart from him, they can do nothing. You can't do nothing apart from him. So at this point, I know we want to have riches. We want to have to look successful. We want people to be in awe of what we're doing, that we, you know, found our, uh, our purpose and what we're supposed to be. But there are foundational things that we are supposed to be doing, that we're supposed to be committed to. And you cannot overt or change the order of things. You can't. You can't. You can't. You can't change the order of things. Prayer can't even get you to purpose. Mm-mm. 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 Purpose comes meditating on the word day and night and observing to do according to all that is written in it then you make yourself you make your way you make your way prosperous and then you will have good success
Mm. We all were created. Created for his purpose, for his design, for him. What are you doing? What are you doing? Are you looking at someone else and thinking, hey, I want to be like them. I want to do what they do. Mm-mm. We are all a piece, pieces of puzzles, of a puzzle. And each of those pieces of the puzzle are broken somewhere, but they connect somewhere. And none of the pieces are alike. And somewhere they fit to make the whole puzzle become one big picture of how God designed each of us to fit and connect for his purpose. For him. All for him. All for him. Created by him. Created for him. To do what he said. That's it. So as we move towards or move into these, uh, this new, these new moments as we're reading uh, Revelations, I want you to seek God. Get into the Word. Start reading your Word. And if you don't know where to start, as I tell others, start with the book of John. Start with the book of John. That is, that is where you will start. And start meditating on the word day and night. Meditate on it. Hmm. Calm your spirit. Calm your mind. Stop chasing all of these people. And chase God. Pursue God. Pursue Him. He will give you purpose. Some of y'all so caught up in people, you think that they are God. You think they're God. You have made them idols in your life. And when they say something, you follow them. Mm-mm. You're supposed to be following the voice of God. The voice of Jesus. They make you do stuff that you... Wow. Wow. They hype you up to do stuff that God ain't bit more told you to do. He didn't tell you to do that. He did not give you instructions to do that. But because you are listening to voices that did not or are not led to tell you that, you just do it. Because they hyped you up in your flesh. That was not spiritual. That was flesh. They hyped your flesh up. And you done moved. You done, you done jumped ship. And God had you on a course. He had you on a, 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 a path. And because you want to get to it quickly. And because you can't be patient. Because you don't want to wait on the Lord. First person that come tell you, you think it's revelation, you think it's uh, uh, 
God speaking, you think all of this. Mm -mm. But did you check with God? Did you take what they said before you moved? Before you uh, walked away? Before you went and, you know, uh, quit your job? Before you went and sold stuff God didn't tell you to sow? Did you check with God? Did you check with him? Hmm. Following people that could possibly take us off course. So make sure you're on course. Make sure you're listening. Make sure you're in tune. Make sure you're following. Stop listening to all everybody. Listen to God. He'll send the people who's supposed to speak to you. He will. And when they speak, there will be a confirmation of what he already said to you. It won't be something foreign. Some of y'all take people's word as the first word. Not confirmation as the first word. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. There should have been some confirmation before you consummated what they said. Lord. So let's be very careful so we won't get off course, so we won't fall away. It's very important. It's very important because all the voices that we I don't listen to everybody. I, I barely listen to people. I don't. I can't. I can't listen to people. I can't. I don't. I do not. Mm-mm. Spirit is what we need to be listening to. And if you don't have the spirit, I suggest you get them. Because this is his dispensation. We read so many books. Whew. Lord. And put down the Bible. And we picking up self-help books. Really. Self-help books. When the Bible has answers that we not even reading and knowing. So I ask you, are you ready? Are you prepared? Have you set aside time to really get to know Father, really get to know how he works in your life, how he does things, how he maneuvers for you, not for somebody else. Because their journey is not your journey. My journey is no one else's journey. So how is he working for you? So I don't want to keep you too long. But we've just completed uh, chapter 9 of Revelations. And uh, we will continue in Revelations 10. May the Lord keep you. May he bless you. May his face shine upon you. Amen.